Uh, uh, get the vaccine. Uh. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 See, there's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is September 9th, 2020. This is episode 240. And today, B L M. <laughs> and you know me, I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to another live stream episode of the podcast where we, what do we do here? We think outside the cage. What else do we do? We talk about biblical news about tomorrow brought to you today and uh, share all of our crazy ideas about crazy the news. Crazy ideas. Mm-hmm. And you know what's best, Gons? We're not getting deplatformed. <laughs> yeah, not, not yet anyway. The, the whole yet. title of this episode was <laughs> meant to trigger just all the, all the platforms. Maybe Twitch doesn't like it because... Um, oh, we'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you can, we can't get in trouble for spreading sanity, Gons. That's <laughs> the thing. You know, a lot of people, they get banned from different platforms. You obviously getting demonetized on YouTube. It's all, you know, but you, they can't ban you for spreading sanity and reasonable thinking and yeah. ideas. I don't know. See, about that's that. our secret. Our that's secret. our secret. People think we're the, in the Illuminati because we're not banned. No, we just know how to, we know how to, you know, you know, not get kicked off a platform. That's the key. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, well, what's going on with you? What's the news? Uh, well, I had, I apologize for the Monday no show episode. Yeah. I was celebrating mm-hmm. my, uh, my mother's uh, three scores and eight. I'm trying to bring scores what back. What does that mean? You know, scores. The scores 12? No. Is that 12? No, come on, man. 14. <laughs> it's 14. No. Four scores and okay. seven years ago. How many years was that? Do you know? I don't know. What's a score? <laughs> 10 years. It's no. 10 years. Uh, really? My, oh my I'm celebrating my mother's three scores and eight. So she's 38. Oh my Come gosh, on, you're making some me, math. you're making me mad. You're making me <laughs> mad. I don't know how old your mom is. Uh Sin Kitty in the chat knows it. Twenty years. Twenty the score is twenty, 20 years. years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So uh, you know, they they uh they brought Fortnite back with the game, so I'm gonna bring back scores, you know. Okay. Especially yeah. as I approach two scores, Basil. Oh two my scores gosh. and uh negative two at the moment. My goodness. All right. <laughs> Numbers are a little low again today, Gons. They're really getting us. They're, they're throttling, they're if anybody throttling has, the, the situation. If anybody has any ideas how to get more people to, to tune in live, let us know. If you guys have Well, it's not even boards. that. I mean, there is, there's, there's foul play afoot. There's I know no there's way foul that we play. can... We can drop by 80%. We've been, we're down 80% from an average over yeah. like eight months. I know, but still, if we can get a whole bunch of oh people to, to join, it could still, I, I, I know the notifications aren't going out. Yeah. They, they don't have to deplatform you if they just turn off notifications. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's good. Let's see. What was the last show? Friday. Mm-hmm. Friday. It's getting a little cooler where I am. It's not. It's no longer, in, you know, a hundred degrees every day. Uh, we'll talk about that. 
We'll talk about oh. the, the temperature uh, oh, you've got manipulation. A whole thing. Yeah, we mm. we all, we have our our wild theories about the whole situation. Mm. But uh, yeah, okay. it was very hot over the weekend, and um, mm-hmm. it is getting a little cooler. But we'll, we'll see if it lasts. So exciting! Yeah, you know <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. going to be a good podcast when you get stuck on the topic of the weather at the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you have anything else? Are you ready to jump on? Let's in? jump in. I see you we have got a little note time. here. Is this something you wanted to talk about? I, I, you know, I just, I do want to mention because a lot of people have been messaging me about it. Uh, I know about Richie from Boston and how his channel was deleted off YouTube. Mm. So, oh, full on deletion. Full on deletion. Huh? I don't know what he did. Uh, if he had any strikes or if you know, I don't know what the whole story is. Um, if it was you know a copyright thing or if it was just content. Um, because it, it, you can get banned for that kind of stuff. Obviously I got a, a strike. Racism. Or a, yeah, it's because he's from Boston. He's from Boston. That's why. Yeah. Um, and also never lose truth, um, is having some personal life issues. If you guys want to go visit, uh, their channel there, never lose truth. Um, got some messages about their whole situation as well. So, okay. You know, yeah. just fellow truther YouTubers struggling, you know, it's, it's a common theme for, uh, a lot of us out here that don't have any kind of corporate interests or uh, Illuminati backup or whatever it is, uh, or even Q, allegedly, allegedly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, just wanted to to let it be known that that I know about some of the people that have been impacted, and again, mm-hmm. we're trying to to stay under the radar, but also not so. Whatever that means. We're pretty good. We're pretty good at staying under the radar. Yeah. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, if, if we have one talent uh, after doing this for a, almost a decade, it's uh, staying under the radar is our, is our secret weapon. Um, all right. Well, speaking of which, Gons, I think it's time to get into the stories. And of course, everybody, I hear them. They're chanting for it. They're outside. They're protesting my, my home because we have not yet jumped in to the Flippy Update. Before you start, I totally forgot about something. mm -hmm. Totally forgot. I need to mention this. Uh, Here are the Watchmen. I don't know if there's an actual physical conference. There was supposed to be in November, uh, but I was Mm -hmm. invited to do a virtual conference. So I'll be putting together my presentation. And uh, so anybody interested, hearthewatchmen.com. The virtual conference is September 25th, 26th, 27th. And uh, you can sign up and, um, you know, support the people over there here, the Watchmen. There's a bunch of us doing the virtual conference there. So and I'll be a part of it. And um, again, I'll be uh, presenting uh, about fighter, fire, fire, igniting the fire is the theme. So uh, I'm going to do a whole theme on biblical fire uh, prophetically and otherwise. So uh, so, yep, here, the Watchmen dot com. If anybody's interested in that. And I'm sorry. Go ahead. Flippy update. No, that's okay. Actually, and while you do it, you know, might as well get the flippy update jingle ready one more time because okay. while we're doing plugs at the beginning, I do want to plug my Twitter one more time. Started up my Twitter last week. <laughs> this is great. We're up. We're up at about uh, three hundred and twenty-one followers. Ah, we good. need to keep that uh, growing, and I'm I th- I'm gaining steam. Starting to gain some steam on the convincing prosthetic mech racing uh, to uh, to to help me get my training. Um, so if you 
haven't done it yet. I, you know, I'm so flattered. We had some uh, listeners who were not on Twitter and they got a Twitter specifically to follow me. Been having a good time. Been chatting with Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil posted about adrenochrome. And so, uh, you know, it's a, I started talking to Joe Biden, trying to see what he can do for me if he becomes president. Um, you know, my American dream, obviously, is to become a, a mech pilot athlete. Uh, so, you know, if he's making big promises, I might as well get him to commit to, uh, you know, helping pay for my training, that sorts of stuff. It's a, it's a whole lot of fun. Go follow me on Twitter, Basil underscore Rosewater. Uh, do that now. I, I, I'll talk, I'll talk to you, man. I'm having a good time chatting with uh, some fans of the show and producers. Producers are there too. I'm seeing the, uh, the lag it, you know, the bit rate jumps from anywhere between 4,000 kilobytes per second, which is pretty normal to like Mm -hmm. 200. And then it just skips back and forth. So I don't know. I mean, we've done everything over here as far as, you know, we can, we've gone through our steps of troubleshooting. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know why it throttles so much. And there's so much lag every time we try to live stream. We've already dropped one we're, outlet. We're going to too many people. We added hyper. We didn't. We we added, we're not using, we're we're not using to be, hyper today. Oh, we didn't do we it didn't today. Do it. Okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah. All right. Well, hit me with that flippy uh, jingle one more time. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Okie dokie, folks. If you're new to the show, let me just catch you up. Flippy is the colloquial name we have for the disembodied robot arm uh, originally created by Miso Robotics, another Twitter friend of mine. Um, and uh, we use the conversations about Flippy uh, as kind of as a proxy conversation to discover and uh, call the shots of how robots and AI are sneaking their way into our lives. Uh, not just that, but uh, stealing our jobs, enslaving our children, and... No joke, flirting with our spouses. Uh, so today I am coming from CNET.com. So a very reliable technology source here. And the headline is T-Mobile used a 5G connected robot to give someone a tattoo. That's, we've got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in one story, but we'll get it into that whole thing in a second. T-Mobile is demonstrating just how useful its 5G network can be for remote robotic operations. This week, applying a tattoo on someone's arm in the Netherlands. The impossible tattoo. I was in scare quotes there, was needled into the skin by a robot arm being controlled by a tattoo artist in another location over T-Mobile's Dutch 5G network. Due to the low latency of 5G, how quickly the network responds to the command uh, someone gives it, the tattoo was drawn in real time. Quote, the final tattoo was given after countless tests on an army of heroic vegetables and prosthetic skin samples. T-Mobile said Tuesday. T-Mobile, the brand, said Tuesday. (laughs) Dutch tattoo artist Wes applied the tattoo on Dutch actress Stein Fransen for the experiment. There were a number of steps that had to be accomplished on the way to inking this moment in tele-artistry. Quote, firstly, we needed to work out how to track the tattoo artist's movements and detect when he was making contact with the surface of a fake practice arm and transmit its data over the 5G network, said Noel Drew, who built the tattooing robotic arm. 
Quote, secondly, we had to develop a robotic platform that could receive this data in real time and control the robot's movements in relation to the human arm. Thirdly, we needed to develop a deep understanding of the fine details of tattooing. If you're wondering, the tattoo came out just fine, although it's pretty basic. It's another step along the way to remote robotic surgery. So, of course, you know, we got to spend all this time and money doing a teletattoo uh, because we got to save lives, guns. We got to save lives. And there's a video there. Uh, I'm sure you're playing that on the stream. Very yeah. interesting. Uh, some interesting things in the video. One of them, uh, they talk about how tattooing is a ritual and uh, how cool it is to get robots involved in this ritual. And so, first of all, I want to say, you know, it, it was always, it's been part of the conversation that, uh, you know, the one thing robots can't take from us humans is artistry, is art. They can never do what we do. And uh, I don't know, man, it is this this tattoo artist business uh, it seems to be a very human endeavor. And yet the robots are getting wriggling their way into this business as well. Now, of course, there's connections to be made all over the place with this. Of course, there's a lot of talk about the the tattoo the luciferous luciferase tattoo um which can be used as sort of a an ultraviolet um barcode to tell not ultraviolet but radioactive uh barcode for you know when we're all forced to get our vaccinations we're wondering well how do we know if it's real or not we can forge our vaccination cards well, not if you get your little Luciferes tattoo. And for those who don't remember, we talked about Luciferes, uh, man, either at the beginning of this year or last year, where, um, you know, it's a little quantum dot tattoo using a chemical named Luciferes, of course, very uh, suspect there. But it glows, gives off light. And that's one way that we can mark people on the forearm or the forehead uh, to know if they got vaccinated. And uh, interesting thing to note with this robot arm uh, tattoo gun machine, uh, the actress who got tattooed in the experiment um, got it on her forearm and kind of weird you know it talks about in the video how she wanted you know she loves hiking she loves surfing and so she wants you know some sort of minimalist tattoo to represent those two things unfortunately the end product kind of looks like uh the fbi categorized um one of the pedophilia symbols yeah so that was unfortunate for this for this actress, whether that was on purpose or not, uh, she got a the FBI <laughs> uh, recognized boy lover symbol, um, you know, tattooed on her arm, which was unfortunate. But maybe she didn't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about this woman. Um, but and then, of course, being used uh, to further the 5G agenda. How could we possibly live without the new technology 5G? I mean, what are we even doing as humans if we can't give tattoos from, uh, you know, hundreds of miles away using robots? I don't even know how we survived before this technology. Um, so there you go. Watch out, tattoo artists. Flippy's coming for you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the video in the background that was playing for those watching. Uh, yep. You can see the, the test of the arm, like squash a tomato. 
or something early on, you know, and then the actress saying like, I'm nervous because it squashed a tomato the first time and I got to put my arm (laughs) under this thing. (laughs) They had some failed experimental footage uh, where (laughs) they were trying to, uh, you know, what is the word? I don't know. Calibrate the machine. And it was just stabbing this needle (laughs) like an inch or two deep into the, the vegetables, the experimental vegetables. Yeah. And, uh, and she's a little too excited about getting the first 5g tattoo. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. T-Mobile has always kind of been part of a, an NWO agenda type of uh, situation there with their ads. But this is a next level robot uh, mm-hmm. arm giving you a tattoo and 5G and uh, the pedo symbol adjacent on the arm and everything else. Of course, they adjacent, chose a left yeah. arm, you know, to not get any. What, and- what's the- what what is the what's the the well it would that? be it would what be super Why is obvious. the left arm important it would be like too obvious if, if it's the right arm or like the right hand you know it would be too obvious but they got to do the left they can't <laughs> okay. say nothing okay you know uh his way in the chat uh says what's real about 5G versus scaremongering i want to know um, my personal thing, look, I get it. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I've read it all. I've, I'm aware of all of the theories surrounding 5G. I can tell you most of them are scaremongering. Um, you know, I've, I've looked into it and, you know, it's there's a lot of, you know, videos and people talking about how 5G, you know, kills trees and fries your brain and gives you cancer, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, You know, most of it is kind of, uh, you know, just amateur research type stuff, which not to not to belittle that. That's very important. Um, But as far as hard scientific evidence, uh, you know, technically 5G is within a safe range of uh, of electromagnetic radiation, but that doesn't mean that it is actually safe. There's not enough publicly available research uh, to come to any conclusive decision about it, and certainly there are some very compelling theories around why it's bad. I'm I'm initially not a fan. I'm not saying 5G is great. Go get it, um, but you got to be careful. You know who you're who you're listening to. There is a lot of uh, fear mongering around 5g not that we shouldn't be fearful of it but also um, a lot of the stuff is mostly conjecture uh, i will be avoiding it as much as possible um, but i i don't think right off the bat it's gonna kill off you know millions of people like uh, some of the theories explain but that's just me do you do your thing do you look it up <laughs> look it up folks yeah. Uh, all right. I know people are going right. to yell at me for that, but yeah. I, I just well, got to be honest. I think there was research that showed how some DNA strands do get, uh, they lose their tangle basically when they're exposed yeah, to some Yeah, but of that the, also happens, that happens, uh, you don't even need 5G for that. Yeah, any kind I of I mean, frequency. Wi-Fi signals yeah, do that yeah, yeah, if yeah. you get too close. Most, most uh, electromagnetic radiation, if you get too close... Uh, at high concentrations, uh, it is uh, extremely dangerous. And that's that's the main, I think, legit worry about 5G is it is more powerful than most other uh, EMR. 
but uh, you know, there's there's no concrete things that we can point to quite yet that to say it's going to kill us all. It it probably will. Don't get me It'll wrong. It'll just kill us slowly, <laughs> not not immediately like yes, everyone's it'll expecting. Be slow. We're us humans have been really good at killing ourselves slowly out of convenience. <laughs> 5g shill all right well um <laughs> we will uh we'll go we'll move on from this t-mobile story we got a few updates here we interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update by the end of this timely interruption you will be thoroughly updated COVID. this is from bbc news Coronavirus, social gatherings above six banned in England from 14th of September. Uh, Yeah. So uh, the law change will ban larger group meetings anywhere socially indoors or outdoors, the government said, but it will not apply to schools, workplaces or COVID secure weddings, funerals and organized team sports. Uh, It will enforce it through a 100 is that francs i don't know what it is in england what are they pounds 100 pound fine if people fail to comply doubling on each offense up to a maximum 3200 pounds so there it is if you don't have a license to gather with more than six people in england you will be fined all these kids and their parties, man. Yeah. Just uh, just say you're protesting. That's the, the big thing, right? If you're there to protest, you're good. Or if you're, uh, if you're at a school or a workplace, yeah, we're just working. But what's up with all the drinks? Yeah, it's just work. <laughs> it's work. It's casual <laughs> Friday, man. Yeah. And um, a lot of people I saw on social media upset because Boris Johnson uh, kind of pushing this. And, you know, they, they, they were hoping he's like the Trump clone over there, but I don't know that it's working out the way people expected. So there you go. Yeah. People in England, beware or pay a fine. Or if you can afford <laughs> 3,200 pounds, just, you know, have that on the ready. Maybe if you yeah, just give the just, money, you can just kind of do whatever you want. Yeah, Here's I don't know. Money. I wonder if they're doing, are they doing stimulus packages in England? You know, are they sending, I don't know. Yeah, I have to look into that. If our, our British listeners, know, let yeah. us know. Because if they're sending out the stimulus packages, you can uh, just pay your fines with that. <laughs> it's a good way for the government to uh, pretend like they're giving people money, but they're just giving it to themselves, you know? Here's 3,200 yeah, right. pounds. For you to do whatever you'd like, but uh, yeah, if you just Is, pay it back, then it goes right back to the government. Ain't that just the way it goes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, there you go. Quick update there. We got more COVID stuff later, uh, but more closer to where we are here in uh, the uh, Americas. Burn it all. Is burning in Oregon. This is Fox News via MSN.com. Wildfire emergency in Oregon as it faces once in a generation event. Medford under evacuation orders. Have you seen the pictures out of Oregon, Basil? It's pretty apocalyptic. The fires? I know. It just keeps getting worse and worse. It's crazy. Yeah. It says here, thousands of residents across Oregon remain under evacuation orders Wednesday as fast-moving fires burn through at least two towns and the state's governor declared a wildfire emergency. Uh, it says here that the... Uh, the U.S. Forest Service's Pacific Northwest region said there are 20 large wildfires burning across Oregon and Washington that have destroyed some 476,027 acres as extreme fire weather 
continues across the region. So, uh, you know, they don't, they don't like some of the things going on up there. Burn it up. Extreme fire weather. Yeah. Now we have fire weather. Fire weather. Yeah. It's very interesting. Oh, no. I know. Um, yeah, I was looking at some Twitter feeds. Uh, there was one person who shared, uh, Christine, uh, Pedawanic, I think, uh, downtown Staten. And I mean, it just looks straight out of a, oh, I was trying to play without sound. Uh, it just looks straight out of an apocalyptic movie. It's like all red and dark and eerie and scary. And the only thing missing are the zombies walking the streets. And we pretty much have you know that was kind of the one thing we were missing in this apocalypse besides the civil unrest the uh killer virus the vaccine that'll turn us all into zombies we needed the sort of blood red sky to really uh round out the whole picture and so we got it so that's nice yeah yeah but hopefully um yeah hopefully we won't have to deal with too much of this for too much longer but we'll see are you distracted are yeah, you distracted I'm, today i'm yeah there's a lot of distractions happening there's like <laughs> okay, power I power can't... surges happening in the room and wife texting and <laughs> i mean yeah there's a lot going on sorry about that get on your game i know computer lagging work, i know i know computer lagging okay moving on here more to do with the weather uh this uh let's see this is a tweet sent out by Bridget Mahoney, Bridget Mahoney TV. Mm. A near record temperature Great. drop. Denver, 93 degrees yesterday to 34 degrees today with rain and snow. A 59 yeah. degree difference. Talk about a shock to the system. The all time record 24 hour drop in Denver was 66. 66. Back in Uh-oh. 1872 when the temp went from 46 degrees to negative 20. Which is more of a, you know, cold to like really, really cold, which is kind of understandable. But 93 to 34, that's insanity. Yeah. Yeah. You got nothing to say about that? You're just sweet, super, super cold. (laughs) No, that's what I was saying. It's cooling off really fast, man. I I don't, I'm not a weather scientist. I have no idea why, but it's pretty crazy. But if it's what, what, what am I going to be surprised? Am I surprised that 2020 is bringing apocalyptic weather changes? Yeah. No, No, not surprised, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I noticed this, people are sharing this over uh, before the weekend, last weekend. And because the forecast was showing like, you know, burning hot and then 34 degrees on a Tuesday, which was really weird. Uh, but there's a video that some people shared with me. And I think um, the one that I got was from one of our producers, Jan. So thank you, Jan, for sending this to me. This was uh, streamed on the Dutch Sense channel, which is a pretty mm-hmm. well-known sort of weather conspiracy type of channel on YouTube. And uh, the title of the video, Russian Weather Engineering Over North America, 1985 to Present Day, How It's Done. And it's a lecture by Lieutenant Colonel Thomas Bearden. Uh, And uh, it's it's an old lecture, but he was playing it over some um, just some like real time earth weather system data stuff, earthquake monitors Mm -hmm. and, and, and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, he goes over some of the technology and how, you know, how they've had the ability to manipulate weather. Nothing surprising for our listeners here, but a resource for anybody who is curious about the lecture uh, before they take it down. So um, that's Lieutenant Colonel Thomas Bearden on the uh, the Dutch Sense channel. The um, 
link will be in the description of canarycrynewstalk.com. And uh, he also had another video that uh, claimed that he's he captured some kind of uh, heat beam or some kind of laser. But, you know, mm-hmm. kind of inconclusive on that. Hard to tell if that's what it was uh, on some kind of heat map. Yeah, of the Earth. you know, the thing, the thing with the heat beams, I was actually having a conversation with one of our producers recently um, about, you know, whether or not these fires are uh, directed energy weapon, you know, right. the, if they're the culprits. And, you know, in my opinion, it might it might be. Now, here's the thing. Keep in mind, directed energy weapons is actually an invisible beam. There is no visible beam uh, for directed energy weapons. So you can see, you know, there's a lot of uh, alleged footage or uh, pictures of, you know, actual big laser beams shooting, you know, allegedly starting fires. But the thing with real directed energy weapons is that they are. Uh, they're invisible. That's right. kind of the whole point, the whole point. about yeah. them. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're seeing videos or pictures of, you know, here's evidence of the directed energy weapon, uh, there's a good chance that it's doctored or not what they're saying they think it is um, because directed energy weapons are invisible. Now, I mean, let's just go with the theory that's floating out there. This this is a theory that people are, are working with that... Uh, uh, you know, there's some sort of whether it's the government or some sort of other shadowy uh, organization or whoever wanting to start fires on purpose for whatever reason. There's a, a number of reasons, whether it's uh, real estate, economic uh, related or just to continue to sow chaos, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it may be. Um they they don't necessarily need to use directed energy weapons like you can just use just pay a know, guy to start a, a fire match. yeah you just give a guy a couple bucks to go light a match and start a fire in the forest um so you know the whole idea that it, it must be directed energy weapons it could be there's yeah. nothing that say it says that it's not but it doesn't need to be and whether or not it's being started by directed energy weapons or just a guy with a flamethrower um it's kind of i mean it's a little bit of a, a pointless argument to have because either way if it is a you know a purposeful uh, chaos spreading event um it doesn't really matter it spreads you know, the if chaos using either new way. darpa black budget technology or just a match Right. Well, I, th- I think there's some heat wave type of uh, technology that can spot some of the, the laser beams if they're being used, but I'm more compelled yeah, sure. by some of the, the, the evidence of directed energy weapons, the, not just the existence of them, because we know they exist, but uh, it's the type of burns where like half the car is burnt almost one side, you know, perfectly to a crisp and then like a line. And then just nothing mm-hmm. on the other side. Stuff like that's where it's like, eh, it doesn't seem mm, normal. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but in the case of these types of fires, uh, we don't know what kind of stuff they got going on. You can, you can get it. It could be both. It could be some guy being paid off to start a fire with a match. And then, hey, you mm-hmm. know, just uh, put that magnifying glass a little hotter over that little region there so the, so the fire <laughs> gets a little right. hotter or whatever. So sure. y- you never know. Point being, a lot of chaos and... Uh, Again, and the reason we, the reason that we have these conversations, I mean, we are fully aware of the 
you know, the the DARPA projects and the directed energy weapons and stuff like that. But on one hand, that could make the theory of, you know, some shadowy organization wanting to do this for uh, control purposes or whatever. Um, it can muddy up the conversation because if you're trying to talk to a normie and be like, this is very suspicious, uh, <laughs> you know, it's already hard enough to to convince people or to even to have the conversation that there's these fires could all be on purpose. And then to try to mix in like black budget is super technology. Uh, <laughs> it just makes the conversation that much harder. And it kind of is besides the point. It doesn't really matter what is causing the fires if they are indeed being started on purpose. Um, so anyways, that's, we're not against, you know, the research into black budget technologies, obviously. Uh, but it, it, when you're really trying to logically think through it, you don't need space lasers uh, to start fires. Dento Bean in the chat says people starting fires are a liability, loose end. And yeah, you can suggest that, but there's so many examples of government and shadowy agencies instigating something or someone to, to well, do it's something. Easier, it's easier to pay a junkie to go start a fire and then just disappear him uh, than it is to keep a secret with a, a DARPA weapon, which would involve you know, a bunch of people to operate. I mean, you're talking, you know, it would take a couple hundred people to control the satellite and to control the weapons into this and or, that. And or those just are the, the type aliens. of people that you can't, or the aliens. And those are the people you can't disappear and who end up writing books later on down, down the line. True. So there's loose ends either way. Yeah. Well, just, uh, you know, we, again, we have this conversation because we, we are uh, particularly sensitive to the the normie conversation we're trying to feed you guys uh how to approach the normies Normies. yeah we're trying to rise above the the sort of uh the pleasure of super obscure you know looking into super obscure conspiracy theories uh and trying to bring it into a more sane conversation um that you know can actually reveal in the important parts of the truth to people versus, yeah, uh, you know, just looking like another tinfoil hat wear. Well, the thing is too, the evidence for weather manipulation or weather modif weather modification is so abundant. Right. If you look at the last century, what people have stated, mm -hmm. the kind of research that's been done, the patents that exist. I mean, it's, it's, if you want to, you know, apprise your normie about those things with a situation like this, absolutely do it. But to sit there and just say like, I know for a fact it's a it's a do that did this. Well, it's, again, that's not that might not be the first thing you want to mention, you know, as as the p potential possibility <laughs> for what's going on. Uh, right, but trust again, me, all will be revealed, and tinfoil hat wears, as has been happening all throughout 2020, will be avenged. Yeah, um, but uh, it's all in a matter of time, and it's a matter of how many friends you can keep <laughs> before <laughs> the they process. realize the truth. Yep. All right. All right. I think it's time to move on. Okay. Here we go. COVID. Okay. Everybody a little update with the vaccine stuff coming on. 
First of all, uh, I've got an article here from statnews.com that I want to uh, at least read you uh, some of, Gons. Are you ready? Yep. AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine study put on hold due to suspected adverse reaction in participant in the UK. Hmm. Operation Warp Speed, baby. Come on. We don't have time to put these vaccines on hold. Here we go. The article reads, a large phase three study testing a COVID-19 vaccine being developed by AstraZeneca and the University of Oxford at dozens of sites across the U.S. has been put on hold due to a suspected serious adverse reaction in a participant in the United Kingdom. No way. No way. <laughs> uh, a spokesperson for AstraZeneca, a front runner in the race for a COVID-19 vaccine, said in a statement that the company's, quote, standard review process triggered a pause to vaccination to allow review of safety data. In a follow-up statement, AstraZeneca said it initiated the study hold. The nature of the adverse reaction and when it happened were not immediately known, though the participant is expected to recover. Uh-oh according to an individual familiar with the matter. I hate that when the this whole new movement, you know, it used to never be that a news outlet, you know, could keep a, a, a source uh, anonymous. And now, you know, an individual familiar with the matter. I would consider myself an individual familiar, <laughs> familiar with a lot of matters. Yeah. I should be a source for a lot of these stories. The <laughs> spokesperson described the pause as quote, a routine action, which has to happen whenever there is a potentially unexplained illness in one of the trials while it is investigated, ensuring we maintain the integrity of the results. The spokesperson also said the company is, quote, working to expedite the review of the single event to minimize any potential impact on the trial timeline. An individual familiar with the development said researchers had been told the hold was placed on the trial out of an abundance of caution. Been a while since we've heard that. Uh, a second individual familiar with the matter who also spoke on condition of anonymity said the finding is having an impact on other AstraZeneca vaccine trials underway, as well as on the clinical trials being conducted by other vaccine manufacturers. Clinical holds are not uncommon, and it's unclear how long AstraZeneca might last, but the progress of the company's trial and those of all COVID-19 vaccines in development are being closely watched given the pressing need for new ways to curb the global pandemic. There are curr currently nine vaccine candidates in phase three trials. AstraZeneca is the first phase three COVID-19 vaccine trial known to have been put on hold. Researchers running other trials are now looking for similar cases of adverse reactions by combing through databases reviewed by so-called Data and Safety Monitoring Board, the <laughs> so second cold. person said. Yeah, why so-called? Okay, that's very suspicious. AstraZeneca only began its phase three trial in the U.S. in late August. The U.S. trial is currently taking place at 62 sites across the country, according to clinicaltrials.gov. Huh. I'm just going to have to save that link here. Hold on. A government registry. 
Though some have not yet started enrolling participants, Phase 2-3 trials were previously started in the UK, Brazil, and South Africa. There are a number of different reactions that can qualify as suspected serious adverse reactions, symptoms that require hospitalization, life-threatening illnesses, and even death. It was also not immediately clear which clinical trial the adverse reaction occurred in, though a, par- a clear possibility is the Phase 2-3 trial underway in the UK. While it's still unclear how severe and rare the adverse event may be, the finding could impact how quickly efficacy data from the UK trial will be available. Those data are considered integral to any bid to seek an emergency use authorization for the vaccine from the US Food and Drug Administration and potentially jeopardize President Trump's efforts to fast-track vaccine ahead of the November election. A phase 1/2 study published in July, what? We just dropped completely. I disappeared. No, not you. Just from the stream. Oh, we did. Yeah. Oh, not again. Yeah. Um, Twitch actually looks fine. Nope. No, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. There we go. We're back. Okay. I'm going to continue. All right. Um, the, the phase one slash two study published in July reported that about 60% of the 1,000 participants given the vaccine experienced side effects. All of the side effects, which include fever, headaches, muscle pain, and, inject, uh, and injection site reactions, were deemed mild or moderate. All of the side effects reported also subsided during the course of the study. The vaccine, known as AZD1222, uses an adenovirus that carries a gene for one of the proteins in SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. The adenovirus is designed to induce the immune system to generate a protective response against SARS-2. The platform has not yet been used in an approved vaccine, but has been tested in experimental vaccines against other viruses, including the Ebola virus. Uh, so, so what they're referring to there is the, the fact that the, these vaccines are RNA uh, vaccines, um, which means that they change your DNA in order to fight uh, to, you know, induce an immune reaction, which has got some people spooked. Continuing, the phase three trial in the U.S. aims to enroll about 30,000 participants at 80 sites across the country, according to a release last week from the National Institutes of Health. It was not immediately clear what steps were being taken at study sites across the U.S. in response to the hold. Clinical holds in ongoing studies often involve a pause in recruiting new participants and dosing existing ones, unless it's deemed in the interest of participant safety to continue dosing. In the statement from AstraZeneca, the Company spokesperson noted that in large trials, illnesses will happen by chance, but must be independently reviewed to check this carefully. The spokesperson also said the company is, quote, committed to the safety of our participants and the highest standards of conduct in our trials. So there you go, gone. Surprise, surprise, some nasty reactions from the, the <laughs> this experimental vaccine. Interesting that they don't actually tell you what it was. Hoping I know. To, hoping That's, to hear what the they, actual reaction was or what might have caused it. They nope. mentioned it was life threatening. I mean, this is a serious for them to put it on hold. This has to be a very serious uh, response this person's having. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm just looking at the stream here, and I, I just don't get it. I don't get why it. it it's like the temperature in uh, Denver. 
it jumps from super fast to super slow. <laughs> it uh, must be the internet weather controllers. Um, yeah, but back to the, the vaccine study here. Uh, as a counter to this, uh, there was a Politico, and it mentioned the nine companies, but Politico pu- also published an article, Vaccine Makers Promise Safety Amid Shaky Public Confidence in COVID Developments. And, um, you know, obviously it's kind of going after Trump or whatever, but uh, it says here, nine pharmaceutical companies developing coronavirus vaccines issued an unusual joint pledge Tuesday to stick to safety and science amid uh, mounting public fears that pre-election politics could drive vaccine decisions. Science is truth. Each of the drug makers has moved a vaccine into clinical trial in record time, but public confidence in the shots uh, has dropped as President Donald Trump has repeatedly predicted that a vaccine could come before the November 3rd election. Nearly a fifth of Americans are hesitant to take a COVID-19 vaccine and just 14% would be more likely to take one than Trump recommended a July political morning consul- uh, consult survey found. Wow. Super accurate political morning consult survey. <laughs> um, uh, it goes on. I'm not going to really get into all of it, but um, it's just interesting how <laughs> even amidst the, uh, the trials and some of the issues going on, they try to blame Trump out of it. You know, like, oh, it's Trump's fault. He's the one he's trying to go too fast, trying to make it political. Oh, yeah, no. Orange man bad, you know. Why, why isn't he making a vaccine available? Why is he making a vaccine available too fast? It's all his fault. <laughs> I know, but it, it's, uh, it's just alarming and funny that they're like, hey, we're not going to be political by making this political statement and having Politico actually <laughs> publish the article, uh, a joint statement. Um, but, you know, uh, with all this vaccine talk, and every, it's so interesting how the topic has become so... Uh, at the center of attention this year because of this this whole virus situation. And I actually tweeted this out, and I'll just read it through because uh, I have all my sources here. Um, but it's concerning some of the stuff that's been going on in Africa and the UN actually admitting to some issues with the polio vaccine. Did you hear about this, Uh-oh. Basil? No, I didn't hear about it. Okay, so this is my tweet thread here. I'll kind of explain it along the way. Uh, I said a short story about Africa and vaccines told via screenshots from public information. So this is not fringe conjecture. This isn't just like people coming out of the fringes or anything. So the first tweet here, August 25th, 2020, AP News reports that Africa is free of wild polio. And the headline here, wild polio, Africa now free of wild polio virus, but polio threat remains. Uh, and, yeah, and domesticated. You still got to watch out for the domesticated polio. Well, yeah, but the article states, I have the screenshot here, uh, that it's a vaccine-derived polio. So it says, uh, uh, Tuesday declared the uh, health authorities on Tuesday declared the African continent free of the wild polio virus after decades of effort, though cases of vaccine-derived polio are still sparking outbreaks of the paralyzing disease. Polio. Yeah. <laughs> are still sparking outbreaks of the paralyzing disease in more than a dozen countries. So, hold on. That is funny. How, wow. How in the world can you say that you're free of the polio virus except for the vaccine-derived <laughs> polio? Like, hello? <laughs> that is pretty crazy. Okay, I'm, wow. not, I'm, not, I'm not done. So the, next, so the next tweet here, a couple days later, on September 2nd, AP News says polio outbreak in Sudan 
connected to oral vaccine. So they're mm. starting to kind of admit it. And uh, yeah. it says here, the World Health Organization says a new polio ar- outbreak in Sudan is linked to an ongoing vaccine sparked epidemic in Chad. A week after the UN Health Agency declared the African continent free of the wild polio virus. Uh, so, and it's funny because they use the exact same picture of this poor boy, this poor like African boy getting an oral vaccine. Right. Um, so what, what, what this is referencing about the UN is an actual document that the UN published on September 1st. I said second in my tweet, but uh, it was September 1st. The headline from the statement from the WHO themselves who admitted on September 1st that it came from the oral vaccine called BOPV. And uh, I, all the links here are, are in the tweet if anybody wants to take a look at this. So uh, circulating vaccine-derived poliovirus type 2 Sudan. That's the name of the, the World Health Organization article here, directly from them, stating that there's a, what's circulating a vaccine-derived poliovirus. And again, this is um, uh, the type of vaccine here is the BOPV, type 1 and 3. And what do you know? No surprises here. The oral vaccine called BOPV is directly connected to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, who in October of 2013 gave over 1.4 million dollars for trials and you can go right to the gates foundation website there october 2013 the uh 1.4 million dollar uh gift i guess uh, of the bopv for polio global development wow so there you go you don't have to be a crazy conspiracy theory theorist to connect these dots about the uh, the agenda here and and the kind of money that the, this great philanthropist Bill Gates is spending in Africa to help people, <laughs> and uh, this is the same guy that's getting you know going on all these ch- channels and ah ah get the vaccine ah you know the same guy. <laughs> so all I'm saying is be careful out there. Be careful out there. Yeah. No. And of course, we've been told over and over and over that vaccines don't shed viruses, which uh, we're seeing the exact opposite with this polio uh, problem. Man, vaccine derived polio (laughs) Polio. spreading is that just dismantles every vaccine argument ever. Yeah. Um, Not to say that, you know, uh, you know, the vax, the the polio, wild polio has been tamed, but that does not mean that the the vaccine is, uh, you know, the savior of all. Yeah. All right. Well, sounds good. You want to hear about some police? Oh, yeah. Fun. Fun. This is a race war. It's a race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned you. I've warned you. This is uh, NewYorkPost.com, NYPost.com. Rochester PD's entire command staff retires amid Daniel Prude protests. The Rochester Police Department's entire command staff announced their retirement on Tuesday, the mayor there said, amid raging protests over the death of Daniel Prude, the black man who was killed while being subdued by city cops while he suffered an apparent breakdown. Chief Laron... Singletary, a 20-year veteran of the force. Hold on, i got to make my font bigger. Here we go. 
Chief Laron Singletary, a 20-year-old veteran of the force and Deputy Chief Joseph Marabito, who served the department for 34 years, released statements moments before a scheduled briefing with Rochester Mayor Lovely Warren and the city council about last night's demonstrations. During the meeting, Warren told council members that, quote, the entire Rochester Police Department's command staff has announced their retirement, adding that Deputy Chief Mark Simmons was also stepping down, quote, there may be a number of others who will decide to leave as well and retire, Warren warned. Rochester native Singletary 40 had faced calls to resign from Black Lives Matter activists over his handling of the investigation into Prude's March death, though he'd said uh, said as recently as Sunday that he wouldn't step down. The mayor stressed that Singletary, who was named chief in April 2019, hadn't been asked to hand in his resignation, saying, quote, I do believe he is doing his best. A quote continues, the chief has felt that his career and integrity has been challenged, Warren said. He has dedicated 20 years to this city and feels that the events that have happened could have been handled differently, but he didn't in any way try to cover this up. In a press release announcing his retirement, Singletary blasted what he called the quote, mischaracterization, which is a crazy word to try to spell, uh, and the politicization of the actions that I took after being informed of Mr. Prude's death. As a man of integrity, I will not sit idly by while outside entities attempt to destroy my character, the statement said. The events over the past week are an attempt to destroy my character and integrity. He added, the members of the Rochester Police Department and the greater Rochester community know my reputation and know what I stand for. Marabito, who oversees the department's operations bureau, didn't state a reason, saying in a statement that serving on the force was one of the proudest achievements of my lifetime. Quote, I have often reflected on my time growing up in the city and the many friends and neighbors who helped guide me and encouraged my decision to become an officer, Marabito said. I have never regretted that decision and the people who I have had the privilege of assisting throughout my service. No successors were immediately named. The mayor said she didn't yet have an exact date for the retirements as she was informed about the leadership shakeup just moments before the council briefing. Ooh, surprise, surprise. That's what you get for not supporting your people. Uh, but there you go, Gons. We've been seeing it happen here and there across the state. I actually have personally known some uh, police officers who called it quits. And uh, now, you know, the the entire retirement of a command uh, staff on a police force can be a pretty big thing. I mean, I'm wondering if this is considered a win by the Black Lives Matter people. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is one of those situations I guess it where would be. it would be, I suppose. But uh, what are you going to I mean, I. I don't know. This is one of those issues. The real where I question feel really is, bad. who are they going to replace them with? That's that's better, like, that they would be more appreciative of. It's well, crazy. more appreciative or just qualify in general. But uh, right. yeah, that, that, that's the thing. I, I really, it's really unfortunate that so many of the the uh, the officers in this country right now feel this way and have this the sentiment where they just would rather just quit <laughs> because it's right getting to that point where there's so much social it's a pressure tough life, man. Yeah. yeah. It's a tough life when the entire country is against you. Yeah. It's, it's pretty out of control and uh, I'm not surprised by the story, but I wanted to include it because it's, it's one of those situations where I think we're going to see a lot more of this 
And uh, meanwhile, you have like, you know, governors and stuff upping their home security and, uh, you know, yeah. trying to get private uh, security, you know, not violent, but, sure. uh, you know, people with guns and stuff to protect their homes and whatnot. You know, the disturbing, the disturbing thing that this is could lead to is a couple of things that have been bandied about, which a is the privatization of the police force where now you have corporations running police forces, oh, you know, yeah. kind of like, uh, you know, the fire, the, the first fire departments mm-hmm. in, um, like in New York and in the big cities that first started developing fire departments, they were all privately owned. They were businesses mm-hmm. and companies and uh, kind of how the way fire insurance worked back then, how fire insurance started was you were just paying basically for protection, um, paying these firefighting corporations, uh, you know, their, their monthly dues, and, uh, you know, so if you had a fire in your building, there'd be this little placard you had up in your building that said, we pay for fire insurance, save our building. Um, but if the one of these fire department corporations came in and you didn't have a placard, they'd just walk away. They wouldn't even <laughs> they wouldn't even put out your fire if you didn't pay. And uh, unfortunately, that's kind of I mean, there is a world where the future of policing will be, yeah, defund the police, you know, you our taxes don't pay for police anymore. Instead, you have to pay for like a police membership. And, uh, you know, the cops, if you call the cops, you got to give your membership ID kind of like AAA or something. Uh, and if, you know, if you're not a, a paying member, they just won't show up. Which makes no sense. It's like, hey, you know, down with the system. Let's just make sure that the rich people can protect themselves better well that's the thing that's the backlash <laughs> that's going to happen if you defund government tax paid police you're going to have private uh enterprise come in and that you're going to have to pay them so somebody's got to pay them yeah yeah and, and you it's going to be you yeah it is and you know it's really i always bring go back to this passage in daniel eleven thirty eight that talks about the man of sin and how he's going to mm-hmm. uh he's not going to honor the the gods of his fathers but instead honor the God of forces, which is translated fortresses, the uh, Hebrew, or I guess it's Aramaic, ooz, and, um, and it means a place or means of safety protection. And so there's a, I, I don't know, there's, just some, there's a movement happening in this direction where somebody, you know, the wealthy people are going to have the kind of militant protection. It's almost like the old days, you know, before we had na- nation states. Where people it's just, serfdom. It's, it's going to become a feudal, a feudal system. Yeah, but it's going to be in this weird digital age where everything is yeah. tokenized, and now we got these uh, really rich people with uh, important server rooms that they can't be breached, you know, physically or electronically. So they have to have these crazy fortresses. Very interesting. You better have a Bitcoin. Better, better have yeah, a Bitcoin, Bitcoin if you want the cops to show up. <laughs> um. But there you go. Yeah. More turmoil and uh, expected in in many ways. And this actually leads into the reason why we named this episode B L M as in Mm -hmm. uh, not the movement, but, you know, B like become and L like God or gods, you know, L and Elohim, like Elohim and M, which is the, the emulent humans. And uh, I had a lot of people in the last few weeks send me this video clip 
of uh uh, what's his name here? This is a show called The Hamilton Corner, and the video is titled The BLM Connection to Witchcraft. And mm-hmm. uh, again, getting so many people send me this clip, so I'll talk about it because you know I, I watched it before, but uh, because of the amount of people sending it, I'll play I'll play a couple minutes of it to get a feel for what this uh, this gentleman here exposed or at least uh, brought to light. Mm-hmm. And basically the, we, we all heard about one of the co-creators of, uh, the, uh, the BLM organization openly mm-hmm. stating that she was a Marxist and everyone yeah. ran with that. Like, Oh, look, she says she's a trained Marxist. Well, there was right. a little bit more that was revealed in another interview that she conducted talking about like communicating with, uh, spirits and meeting a, a person that's involved, not in, in physical, like person to person, but in some kind of spirit thing. Uh, but then yeah. there was, um, they got into the idea of hashtags and what the hashtag is, especially hack hashtag BLM or black lives matter. And, uh, there's just, it's an interesting clip. So I'll play a little bit of, uh, this, uh, this, I think he's a pastor or the, the person who runs this Hamilton corner. I apologize. I don't have the name in front of me here, but uh, I'll play it. It's him. And then he'll play a clip from the co-founder of BLM. You're going to find that Dr. Abdullah and Patrice Cullors talks about summoning the spirits of the dead, using the power of the spirits of the dead in order to give them the ability to do what they're calling the so-called. Oh, good. Just throttling the video justice work. You're going to find that what they're describing is their adherence to the Yoruba religion of Ifa or Ifa to where they are summoning dead spirits. If you think I'm laughing, because you might have heard many people saying, oh, you're making all of this noise about Black Lives Matter. It's just a hashtag. Oh, really? Listen to clip number four. <laughs> this is Patrice Colors. It's a very important practice. Um, hashtags are for us are way more than a hashtag. It is um, literally almost resurrecting a spirit so they can work through us to get the work that we need to get done. I started to feel personally connected and responsible and accountable to them, um, both from a deeply political place, but also from a deeply spiritual place. And um, always, you know, in, our, in, in my tradition, you offer things that that your loved one who passed away would want, you know, um, whether it's like honey or tobacco, things like that. And that's, it's so important, not just for us to be in direct relationship to our people who've passed, but also for them to know they we've remembered them. Um, I, I believe so many of them work through us. Mm. Now, in case you're wondering who that is speaking, that is Patrice Colors co-founder of the Black Lives Matter organization, the same one you just heard saying we are trained Marxists. She is describing that, oh, you thought it was just a hashtag. It's more than hashtags. We- All right, so there you go. That's the clip. That's Abraham Hamilton III is the yeah. host of the Hamilton Corner. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, and he brought, or brought up in that clip, you know, is something that we've talked about in the past, it, which is, you know, magic can take many forms mm-hmm. and hashtags, you know, they, if you compare it to, you know, the esoteric 
writings about magic. I mean, uh, hashtags fit into the description of spells and spell casting and, uh, you know, that type of thing. So that's very interesting that, uh, yeah. you know, she comes right out and says it. Yeah. Part of chaos magic, uh, is what we've talked about in yeah. the past, but, um, one of the things that he mentioned there was about the Yoruba religion. And I just mm -hmm. happened to make a video back in 2017. I think it was February. And um, this video is titled Bizarre Connection, Beyonce Twins, Yoruba Rituals, the Nephilim and Lucifer. And uh, oh. I basically talk about the Yoruba religion uh, and just show the occult origins of the connections with a lot of the, uh, the pagan religions, a lot of the rituals that are involved with it. And even, you know, communicating with spirits of the dead, same type of thing going on. And um, so, I'll, again, I'll leave a link in the description. This was concerning the twins. Beyonce had twins a few years ago. And they, uh, they crowned her while she was pregnant. There was this whole, like, ritual thing that they did at some award show. I think it was the uh, 2017 Grammy Awards. And, um, right. and I explore the, the connection between it and the, you know, the biblical watchers and the Nephilim and their whole doctrine. And as I talk about this, I see us buffering more and more. <laughs> they really don't like us talking about these, these topics. Um, but yeah, then the other thing, yeah, the other thing that, uh, that I thought was interesting, this was more of a play on the words uh, that you gain from, you know, B L M uh, because it just yeah. struck me. It's not something that I'm saying has any actual significance other than it struck me because I had made a video uh, same year, 2017, titled Age of M equals 666. And this, I, I basically made a video talking about human emulates. Uh, there was a guy named Robert Hansen who did a TED Talk. This is a, this is a TED Talk, not TEDx, by the way. I know there's a lot of wild, crazy uh, lectures on TEDx, but this is actually a yeah, TED Talk. Yeah, it's a good note to make. Yeah, it is a good note to make because people always say like, yeah, it's a TEDx talk. It's a little on the fringes. No, this was a TEDx or a TED talk, a normal one. And he describes what M's are. And uh, let me just uh, play a little bit from that uh, TED talk because I think it's, uh, it's interesting and it, and it ties into everything that we're talking about here with the digitization and how demons are manifesting in a sort of digital world and all that kind of stuff. While you'll probably always notice that virtual reality isn't entirely real, Twinemma can feel as real to them as this room feels to you now or as anything ever feels. And M's also have some more action possibilities. For example, your mind just always runs at the same speed, but an M can add more or less computer hardware to run faster or slower. And therefore, if the world around them seems to be going too fast, they can just speed up their mind and the world around them will seem to slow down. In addition, an M can make a copy of itself at that moment. This copy will remember everything the same, and if it starts out with the same speed, uh, listening, looking at the same speed, it might even need to be told, you are the copy. An M can make an archive copies, and with enough redundant archives, an M can be immortal in principle, though not usually in practice. And an M can move its brain, the computer that represents its brain, from one physical location to another. M's can actually move around the world at the speed of light. And by moving to a new location, they can interact more quickly with M's near that new location. So far, I've been talking about what M's can do. What do M's choose to do? You can watch the rest of the lecture there, but 
again, M's, according to Rob, Robin Hansen here, are uh, human emulates, machines that emulate human brains and can think, feel, and work just like the brains they're copied from. And mm. you connect that to the whole thing we talked, we just talked about with the BLM lady talk, you know, saying we're channeling spirits and, and that sort of thing. It's just uh, very weird. <laughs> the whole thing is very weird. And it goes into that idea now, of what are these exactly? Is this software or is it hardware? It is software. It's software, software. that's being, he, he talks about hardware being the server rooms. You know, we have our physical world, but he, he goes on in this lecture. You might be interested in watching it, Basil, in full. It's only 12 minutes long. But yeah. he talks about how, you know, we experience our world and the physical world, and here we are. But to an M, their physical experience is virtual. They will live in the virtual reality as right. conscious entities. Like but conscious the, avatars. Yeah, they're conscious avatars created by humans, so they're going to do what we would do. It's kind of like the, um, uh, the sentient world simulation that we talked about years ago. This uh -huh. guy's actually bringing that more to life. And he, it's funny, at the beginning of the lecture, he says, if you're not slightly disturbed what, by what I'm saying, you're not paying attention. Right. So he's, he's really I think that same thing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but this guy is not, uh, he's not a biblical eschatology guy saying that it's all coming to an end. He's more talking about like, Hey guys, it's about to get cray cray, you know? Yeah. Well, but, even uh, in the conversation about how, uh, you know, the, again, going into some theories, uh, being espoused even by us in the past, of, uh, you know, you talk about spirits and especially dark spirits of different kinds being able to inhabit, uh, you know, cyber spaces. Right. Um, and, you know, a lot of talk about, um, you know, dark spirits being able to inhabit specifically. We've talked about androids and so sort of soulless bodies. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's kind of the same thing with these M's, but in a virtual sense where they can inhabit, you know, they don't need to inhabit a physical Android body when you've got, you know, the entire collection of human knowledge and interaction uh, in this network we call the Internet that they can just, uh, you know, sort of uh, as entities uh, navigate that space. You know, the, the idea that they would need to even exist in the physical space uh, at this point to achieve a lot of, you know, whatever they want to achieve, um, is just superfluous. You, you wouldn't need a physical body. In fact, you can be more effective in some sort of software entity than, yeah. uh, than a physical body. Yeah. It's funny. Cause he goes on to talk about, I keep saying it's funny, but it's not that funny. He goes on it's to hilarious. talk about, <laughs> he goes on to talk about how they're basically going to be slaves. Like they're going to work, work, work. And mm -hmm. how it's going to impact the economy because their work is going to impact how we live and, and vice versa. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's just very fascinating how uh, he sees the development of this technology and how they're really, really trying to build it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sure Elon Musk is part of this process. And we saw the pigs. The pigs. Yeah, which was very underwhelming. Yeah, very underwhelming <laughs> example. But there you go. Hmm. That's where uh, we got the whole concept here. It was a, uh, it was uh, it was kind of a, a mashup of uh, the idea of BLM, but also the the M's. It was reminded of the M's, the emulate humans, yeah. and in connection be to the Elohim hashtag emulation. Yep, yeah, be Elohim emulation. 
and how that yeah. is super, super antichrist sounding. Uh, but also it's going to be biblical. The whole thing, Basil, whole thing's going to be biblical. Yeah. No, very interesting. Yeah. Good catch. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting because I, I had not heard this guy talk about his thing, but it matches up with theories that we've talked about for years. Years, yeah. Um, so it's good to know somebody else is doing it. You know, I wanted to make a quick uh, comment before we uh, take a quick break. Um, you know, we, we talk about our declining numbers, and it's interesting because it's all YouTube. Uh, the Twitch numbers are, are still around the average, a little bit lower than average today. Um, but it's still around the average. It's really the YouTube uh, numbers that are being cut dramatically. So that's uh, another reason why we say, you know, you should follow us on Twitch and turn on notifications. Even if you don't want to watch it on Twitch, um, that apparently YouTube is just doing everything they can to keep the numbers down. Um, so make sure to do that. Now, Gons, you ready to take a quick break? I am. I need it. Let's do it. It's break. Okay, folks, we're just going to take a quick break and thank some followers, thank some producers of the show. Um, but don't go anywhere because after the break, uh, we've got a quantum computer update that you're going to want to stick around for. And then we'll end the show with some Chinese news. Uh, so all very good stuff. Hang in, hang in there. But uh, we want to take a quick little break, catch our breath, and thank some of the people who are getting involved with the show. Gons, are you ready? Ready, 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 ready. I'm just looking at ready, this stream Freddy. and how I think we totally dropped out a couple times here. As yeah, we talked about it's the, happening. Yeah. What yeah. are we going to do? Um, I want to thank, first of all, some of our new Twitch followers for following us on Twitch. Very helpful. That is the best place to at least get the notification that we are going uh, online. And Gons, you got your dinger ready? Very ready. Okay. I want to... Start out uh, by thanking an active chatter today, Stewie MT. Thank you very much, Stewie. Stewie. We have Zoltan Easter Bunny. <laughs> nice. That is very funny. That is one of the uh, one of the folks we've been waiting uh, to follow. Uh, 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 for those in the know, reference to Zoltan Istvan, uh, the the sort of libertarian technocrat trying to take us all into the android future um zoltan easter bunny thanks for the follow uh we've got save g1 Sa savage one savage one thank you savage one elited before thank Not you elited before S yeah stupid hurts 100 <laughs> percent true yeah unicorn pun m1121 Nice. Okay. Thank you, Unicorn. Loves Owl. Loves Owl. Oh my gosh. Thank you for the follow. Uh, we've got Tepejuano. Oh, I hope I didn't say something bad in another language, but thank you for, for the follow. Dingus Grockle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the things these people make me say. Uh, Maliwali. Thank you, Maliwali. And then like we've got. Yes, and uh, lastly, Fiddleboy. Thank you, Fiddleboy. Mm, 
Okay. All right, there we go. We've got, those are all our new Twitch followers. Thank you very much for the follow. And if you, if you haven't done it yet, we'll put the link in the uh, in the chat here. Follow us at twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. Now, up next, we want to thank some of our producers of the show. That's right. Producers, you say? Yes. Uh, we work on the value for value model. We have decided, well, not it's not even just us. It's not even deciding. It's just the truth. Uh, the advertising model of creating content online is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, it's the reason for fake news. It's the reason for lies. It's the reason uh, why it's for scaremongering. You know, get as many views as possible so you can make all the money. We don't believe that's the best way to go forward as we uh, try to spread the truth. So we don't advertise you know what i was listening to uh so adam curry from uh the the pod father from Mm -hmm. uh no agenda one one of the main inventors of podcasting and probably the first podcaster yeah uh and and a a um an important um example for us gons who actually started the value for value model um he was on joe rogan recently and you know i never listened to joe rogan um, I obviously probably the most famous podcaster. I never really checked out his show. You know, I'm kind of aware of his deal and just never really did it. But Adam Curry went on the show recently. I think his episode dropped in the last couple of days and I listened to it and Joe Rogan, the, the emperor of podcasting, <laughs> the emperor. <laughs> He just rambles for eight minutes. He starts the show with eight minutes of advertising. Like I'm trying to go on, listen to my buddy, Adam Curry. And it's look now, Joe, I, I, after listening, it seems like Joe is kind of up to speed on a lot of really important stuff. Um, he's not a huge fan of of Christianity, but, you know, on a lot of other ways, he's he's up to snuff. Um, but you know, obviously when you get as big as him and there's that much money involved, there's going to be some, uh, some, <laughs> some temptation, uh, to go astray. But I mean, the dude started his podcast with like 10 minutes of advertising and it drove me nuts. And I, I really appreciated how Adam Curry, you know, he's kind of telling Joe Rogan, on the podcast, like advertising is for fools, man. <laughs> it's the, the advertising is going to end the world and look what it does to your show. And you can tell Joe is like trying to not <laughs> agree with him too much uh, because obviously that's how he gets his million dollar deals. Um, but I just million. really appreciated it. Yeah. And I, it realized it made me realize like just how uh, evil this advertising trap can be. Um, so anyways, we don't do that. We are on the value for value model, which means we put out the show. We like to think we do a d- good job and we try to stay as consistent as possible. And if you, the the audience, gets any value out of the show, it's your responsibility, really, um, to put some value back in. Now, if you don't get value, that's okay. We're not asking anybody for money who doesn't willingly want to give it. But, you know, the advertising model has gotten the world into a lot of trouble recently. It calls into question the integrity um, of the individuals doing their show. It makes it so you can't talk about some things. You have to talk about other things. You got to stay brand safe, all this kind of stuff. And we just decided that's 
not the way to go. Um, so those who participate in the value for value model and help uh, pay for the show, they are producers because it's the real world, baby. Put it on your resume. We will vouch for you. You can be a producer of Canary Cry Radio and uh, Guns, you and I will we'll hold that up in court, baby. So. Uh, I want to thank some of our new producers for this show. Uh, best way, one of the f- quickest ways to do that is go to patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk, patreon.com slash CCNT. And today, Gons, we got two new producers over there, and they are Damali and Brandon. You did two at one more, Gons. So, yeah, I'm going to I go. know. There we go. Very good. Thank you, Damali and Brandon, for becoming producers of the show. Very important. We couldn't keep doing the show without you. Um, also, we have patreon.com slash canarycryradio. And that's patreon.com slash canarycryradio. And all these links will pop into the uh, chat here for anybody else who wants to become a producer. Um, over there at patreon.com slash canarycryradio, I want to thank Strongholds Failing producer thank you very much and then we've got uh, a wonderful uh, longtime producer who upgraded their support and that is christine thank you very much christine i believe she upgraded to the uh, 33 amount so she's again we are continuing to try to take back that number and take it away from the elites. So thank you very much to all of our Patreon supporters slash producers. You guys are the best. Now, if you don't like Patreon, that's okay. We understand. Uh, you don't want to participate in that Patreon system for whatever reason. That's why we have CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's oh, right. Guns. Okay. Over I there, we have you. PayPal options, uh, monthly uh, support options, as well as one-time support uh, amounts in any amount, if commitment's not your thing. Who do we have coming in on the PayPal? On PayPal, we have a handful of new producers. We have Cheryl coming in with a new monthly producership. So thank you, Cheryl. And we also have Adam. Thank you, Adam. Adam. Thank you very much, Adam. And we have our $33 support, of course, our 33 uh, yes. which has caught on. Again, not we- <laughs> we're not, yes, we're not Illuminati members. This is producers who decided to uh, take back the number. And who's coming in for a 33? We have Cynthia, $33. Thank you, Cynthia. We also have Guy. Guy, guy, guy you're, you're my guy. And Nicole, $33. Thank you very much, Nicole. So you guys you. are the best. Yes. Uh, That's right. And we have, uh, obviously, different ways you can help produce if financial is not a thing that you can do. And uh, we don't have any crypto today, but uh, and no jingles that came in, but we do have art. One art, please. and uh, of course it comes from our regular artist of the show ali gazelin bonds yes the twitch chat ali's back thank you ali's back and today her piece of art is called uh i think i lost it i think it has something to do with your twitter 
Uh-oh. Uh, you got to find it. I know. Well, it's I have the, the most art. important one. I know. I have the art up on the screen for those of you watching. Twitter Takeover, mm. I believe, is the name of the piece of art. Oh, my gosh. My computer is not cooperating. Um, and it's got your 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 cats. I think there's more cats every time she draws. <laughs> I know the cat picture. family is growing. Yeah, uh, looks like each one of the cats they all have their own little box they get to hang out in. Uh, one box is uh, called passwords and profiles. The other ones is phones for Twitter. Uh, the other one is Twitter posts for Basil. So of course the cats are ruling the content uh, as always. Um, and there's me standing there with some cool shorts and I am uh, trying my best to, to tweet. <laughs> yes. And the cats trying are saying things. There's the one cat saying, yeah, I'm it only. It looks like they all have, they all have their own accounts. It looks like. Yeah. So there, there's one cat that says I'm only at 33. And then the other one says, I have 333 profiles. <laughs> I don't know why she has multiple pro profiles <laughs> oh. for this cat. Yes, and my then, cats uh, are making multiple profiles to follow me, I think is what's going on here. Aha. Uh -huh. And then uh and then there's one on the ground. Uh actually there's two of them on the ground if you look carefully. One of them is saying, mm -hmm. "That's nothing. I've got 666." Oh no, these evil cats. Evil these alien evil cats. cats. Yes. That you well, somehow thank you for all the <laughs> Thanks to all the cats and kittens who uh, follow me on Twitter. You know, interesting <laughs> note. I can't remember if we mentioned this before, but uh, remember Carol Baskin from the Tiger King? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the one who killed her husband. Yeah, she uh, she's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, yeah, great. Don't care. I know. She's a celebrity <laughs> now. Celebrity murderer. Celebrity murderer. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you guys hear that? There's like a large machine outside doing something and very distracting. Sounds like a mm, trash thing. I got good. I heard good just sound a little gate, bit. So. It's not too bad though. Yeah, your sound gate's doing fine. Yeah, at least something's working over here today. Yeah. Uh, and that's All it, right. really. Oh, we have cool. an email. Well, thank you. Oh, oh yes. Okay. So this is very interesting. And this is why you got to stick around for the break because we've got all sorts of good content. Now we got an email from a producer, Gons, and this is interesting. I'm going to try my best. So they don't, I'm not going to use their name or username. Um, so I wanted to, and it reads like this. So I wanted to talk to you about my new job. I'm a contact tracer and have been for a month now. And uh, they wanted to give us some information from being on the inside of being a contact tracer. Now, we've all uh, we reported on this when it started happening. You know, it's kind of part of the stimulus plan. Get people back to work by, uh, you know, putting them in the employ of the government, tracing COVID contacts. And uh, here we go. They say, OK, so here's what I'm seeing. The majority of people getting infected are people who are not taking COVID seriously. OK, some of them are taking it seriously, but will let their guard down in certain circumstances or be infected by members of their households. I've seen entire restaurant staff get infected for not staying socially distant, not wearing masks. I've talked to people who, like many in the Canary group, refuse to wear masks but are now refusing to go without them because they are terrified of getting it again or being carriers because of what they went through or because they know they spread it to other people who got really sick. 
I've seen people who all they did was repair a vehicle for a neighbor. They never came into contact with the neighbor and 100% got it from touching the vehicle itself, despite the summer heat. Okay. I've talked to students who continued to hang out in small groups and got infected by one person in the group. I've talked to people who were in their infectious period and went clubbing before symptoms started. I've talked to people who went to bars and restaurants before realizing they were infected. I've talked to people who the only thing they did is go to one restaurant and get infected. I've talked to people who all they did was get invite someone over for dinner, not knowing that person had been to a party and was asymptomatic. Talked to loads of asymptomatic people who didn't realize they were sick until someone in their household got extremely ill and had to be tested. Talked to people who were required by their jobs to get tested just by chance because someone else had been infected and they tested positive before symptoms began. I've talked to people who all of their roommates or dorm mates got infected because they decided to go out one night. I've also seen medical workers in nursing homes not want to tell their jobs they got sick because they were afraid of repercussions. I've seen many people that are afraid to stop working and continue to work instead of properly isolating once they have been diagnosed. I've talked to restaurant staff whose employers were not taking any measures, refusing to allow employees to wear masks, causing many staff and patrons to get sick. All I know, uh, I know all of this is an agenda and I strongly believe this virus was released on purpose, but that doesn't change that the virus is real. It doesn't change that no matter how you run the numbers, the death toll is far higher than the seasonal flu. Okay, that doesn't change the fact that people actually do need to be cautious, socially distant, need to wear masks. And there are people in the population who can't wear masks. I have Asperger's, meaning I'm high-functioning autistic. I have been seen posts by fellow autistics in my Facebook group that state they cannot wear masks because of texture and they freak out and hyperventilate. There are others that are like that for different reasons medically, and I understand that, but if people who are refusing to wear masks because they don't want to be told what to do wore the masks, then the people who legit can't wear the masks would be safer. The stats that are being posted in the group are flat out false. Interesting. I've been running data on COVID since January 13th. I'm not saying do anything about the people in the group, but spreading misinformation is dangerous because those are the types of people who are being infected and spreading it in bulk. The people who won't wear masks and won't stay socially distant. It isn't going to stop anytime soon either, and it's because people who are being so stubborn about holding off on socialization, eating out, washing their dang hands, and refusing to wear masks, I, hands down, do not want to take the vaccine, period, like everyone else in the group. But unlike the people in the group, I can see that because there are so many people refusing to do what is necessary to stop the spread, that is what is going to make the vaccine mandatory. So there you go. Very interesting uh, you know, th- th- this person, longtime producer. So, I mean, they're there. This is a, an interesting set of uh, info to get from a longtime producer and participant in the Canary Cry community um, became a contact tracer and they're convinced they're convinced. You know, I'm, it's yeah. it's hard because when you talk about testing, you know, it's uh, I, I mean, New York Times. I'm I mean, looking forget at the about article. The cons- yeah, let me uh, let me go yeah. back to the yeah, screen yeah. because I actually pulled up the article, and I'm very oh, curious about that because uh, here we are. We're 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 kind of back. Maybe we can just be back. You want to just okay. wake up? Yeah, and let's have just this be a let's part just of the wake up and get back in and have a convo yes, about it. Wake up time. Hey, yo, wake up.
Okay, so we're back here. And uh, yeah, this is the New York Times article we quoted, uh, I don't know, two or three episodes ago. The headline is, your coronavirus test is positive. Maybe it shouldn't be. The mm-hmm. usual diagnostic test may simply be too sensitive and too slow to contain the spread of the virus. So I remember this article suggesting that, yeah, the virus is real, but the number of people testing positive might be a little over-exaggerated based on the available tests right now, just the way they spin the genetic material to you know, give a positive or negative test on a, on, you know, a lot of people or whatever. And so, yeah, I'm very curious about what type of testing is being used by this producer who is a, a contact tracer. Well, they're in the system, man. They're in the system and they're getting their info from the, uh, you know, from the system. And, you know, I think it's an important uh, and, and you can tell that there's some conflict here because like, I mean, the numbers on that New York Times article, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going by memory, was that uh, the the tests are far too sensitive in the fact that they are so sensitive they're picking up, um, you know, just random little DNA particles that are reading as COVID. That means that the person might not actually be infected or symptomatic or even, um, uh, what is it? Contagious because it's the equivalent of finding a hair in a room and saying that the criminal is still in the room just because you saw, just because you see the hair doesn't mean that they are hiding in the room waiting to kill you yeah the article states it said something 90 percent, right the tests 90 percent of the tests positive tests are of this like non uh, are of this trivial nature right right they they base it off of the forty five thousand six hundred and four new coronavirus cases that uh that was maintained by the database by the times if the rates of contagiousness in massachusetts new york were to apply nationwide, then perhaps only 4,500 of those people may actually need to isolate and submit to contact tracing. So one-tenth, basically, of the number that came back positive actually have a legit concern with some kind of virus or infection, which again, even in itself, is no different than the flu in in many ways. And not to Mm -hmm. mention the CDC themselves showing all the different, uh, you know, uh, comorbidities well, that existed in people that have actually passed away. Yeah. And uh, I don't even want to get into like the, the depth of those numbers because the, the conversation, I mean, we can, if, if it's important, but I think for the context of this email where it's specifically, you know, the numbers of people getting positive tests, you know, they're, they're doing something and then get tested and it comes out positive. I mean, it's may uh, And again, this has been around the sort of conspiracy circle for a long time, but it's mainstream news now that 90% of the tests are, are superfluously positive. Right. That's the second time I've used that word in this episode. So I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I don't disagree. I believe this person, uh, I believe what they're saying, but you combine that with some of the known uh, aspects of, being tested positive now 90 percent of those people are are of n- in no danger and of no danger of spreading it because it's just you know some sort of dna remnant from these hypersensitive tests but that being said you know i i am of the belief that the the 
you know, COVID is a real virus. It's not, I don't think it's a fake virus going around. And I think there are, you know, obviously there, there is some sort of real virus. It is actually impacting, uh, it is actually spreading much smaller numbers than are, have been being reported. It is actually making people really sick. And it is, you know, in some cases in, you know, 9,210 cases, uh, without com- comorbidities is killing people. So in that, I agree with our producer. And you know me, I've we've talked about it all, you know, quite a bit since this all began. I'll wear my mask mainly because I just don't want any trouble and I kind of like hiding my face in public. Um, but uh, but yeah, this, this uh, producer, you know, they're, they're just going off the info that they're getting uh, as being part of the system of contact tracing. And again, I don't want to besmirch this producer because I believe that they believe what they're telling us and they've been a longtime supporter. So they're not just some rando, you know, hater on the internet. So I do, I thank them for this, uh, for this email. Um, sorry to go on rambling there guns. No, it's okay. That's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think, Again, I'm just curious what type of test or if they're even given information about the the details of the test uh, that mm-hmm. they're, they're handing out. And, and obviously, you know, the, the social impact is far greater than the, the medical stuff is people just take it, you know, face value. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I the mean, it's thing, just right there. Yeah. 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 And, and the other thing, uh, not a pushback per se, but just to mention, because we've mentioned it prior is that um, we, we, we mentioned how in, I think, the flu season of 2017, 2018, they reported 80,000 deaths in America from the flu, mm-hmm. like the common flu, right? which is something right. that has a vaccine out there already. So the numbers being whatever, you know, 180,000 or whatever it is now, based on these very conflated numbers, I don't think it's any worse than the regular flu, uh, personally. I know, you know, people that claim to have well, gotten it the say that they have you know loss of yeah. taste and things like that they have some uh some kind of uh symptoms or whatever yeah. but i don't know that the it's- interesting data the interesting mm-hmm. data with that is they were saying that this year is an all-time low for flu deaths or flu, yeah yeah and i want to i would be interested i have not run the numbers on this but i would like to what how many times do those COVID, you know, the 180 some odd COVID deaths, how many times does the flu show up as a comorbidity right. and they're being called COVID deaths and not flu deaths? You know, yeah. it's just a, a matter of transferring the data from one category to another. Yeah, that, That's a question I'm asking. I have not looked at the numbers, but I would be willing to bet because of flu deaths this year being at an unimaginable low that a lot of those COVID deaths have flu comorbidities that are not being counted as flu deaths. They're being coded uh, coded as COVID deaths. Yeah. And that's the thing. Just it's, asking it's, questions. Hey, bro, just asking questions. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So that that's uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate anybody who's out there who's a producer of the show that is involved in work that uh, is out in the field of anything really. I mean, yeah. uh, anything that would give us insight uh, on the boots on the ground type of insight into any type of situation that's out there, you know, pilots, uh, yeah. dentists, whatever, whatever and you're if into. You are, 
if if you're a, a contact tracer and you agree with this person, let us know. Or if you're a contact tracer and have other ideas, let us know as well. We want as much boots on the ground info as we can. Again, whether you're a contact tracer, a pilot, uh, you know, whatever you do, uh, let us know your experience because that's kind of what's missing in a lot of these conversations. We should just uh, uh, get this person who told us to label people normies. You know, if they test positive, just tell them they're normie. <laughs> Put like, normie, normie. On, the, on the file. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that'll just confuse the, uh, the number counters. Um, okay, so we have a couple different stories to land the plane for this episode. The first one here is about the quantum computer. And this is another call out to the producers. I don't think we ever received a quantum computer jingle. So if there's anybody who would like to put together some kind of quantum computer jingle, we are open for that. Uh, and since we don't have one, I will uh, play. What jingle should I play for that? Uh, I don't know, man. Roll the uh, dice. Razzle, ba- razzle, dazzle. Ra- <laughs> razzle, dazzle. Razzle, dazzle. There we go. But we we got to have that. We got to have that jingle ready when I become a mech pilot. I know. A mech racing pilot. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this one concerns Bitcoin. So Bitcoin go to moon. Uh, and this is cointelegraph.com. No, a quantum computer won't instantly reward you with 69,000 Bitcoins yet. What? What? I want that. <laughs> the latest quantum computer may not help unlock lost Bitcoin, at least. Not yet. A, a Bitcoin wallet with nearly $7 million is up for grabs. But anyone what? intending to be a crypto thief and nab it will have to crack the password first. Crypto oh. Twitter user Alan Gal has put out a call to his 29,900 followers for solutions on how to gain access to 69,370.22 Bitcoin worth roughly $695.4 million dollars. As of this writing, according to the September 8th post from the gal, the wallet has been passed between hackers for the past two years without success at determining the password (laughs) with a private key there. Uh, Blockchain uh, records show transactions associated with the wallet address began in April 2013. Many online forums like all private keys offer members of the crypto community a glance to crack Bitcoin core wallet dot dat files with lost passwords for a share of the remaining balance. I have the wallet, Gal said. Google, hook me up with that quantum computer, please. This raises an interesting question. Using a quantum computer, what would be the uh, what would be the chance someone can gain access to a random wallet with a lost password? even with a $695 million motivation. Advancements in quantum computing have been areas of contention for cryptocurrency proponents for some time, as many believe the machines could undermine the security of the Bitcoin blockchain. However, uh, experts, however, are divided on the idea. While the very primitive present-day quantum computers cannot break blockchains and their underlying cryptography, larger ones on the horizon might have that capability. As recently as June, scientists in China were able to exchange an encryption key at a distance of 1,120 kilometers using quantum entanglement, exceeding the previous best attempt by 1,000 kilometers. 
Wow, Further impressive. Oh that my is gosh. super impressive. Yeah. Further advancements in the technology could potentially mean users would be able to authorize transactions outside of the internet. In terms of lost passwords, the technology would have the ability to go through more permutations than the best machines today to find the unencrypted passwords or even to reverse the hash. Last year, ex-Bitcoin core developer Peter Todd called Google's quantum superiority feat a computer which solved an equation which would otherwise take 10,000 years in just 3 minutes and 20 seconds, not 3 minutes and 22 seconds, as, quote, a primitive type of quantum computing that is nowhere near breaking cryptography. However, others, including Deloitte, aren't so sure. The accounting firm's website states that current technology in quantum computing makes 25% of all Bitcoin in circulation vulnerable to attack. If enough coins were stolen, the market could potentially crash, undermining confidence in cryptocurrency. Quote, even if everyone takes the same protection measures, quantum computers might eventually become so fast that they will undermine the Bitcoin transaction process. The firm stated, quote, in this case, the security of the Bitcoin blockchain will be fundamentally broken. So there you Ooh. go. Yeah. Watch out, Bitcoin folk. Yeah. They might come after what you with the, the quantum computers. Oh, you know, Dento being in the chat had a good point mm -hmm. and I lost it. It was a while ago, but it was something. Oh, here it is. All hackers distracted by greed now instead of truth. That's an interesting point because, you know, hackers, of course, there's always been hackers who are just motivated, motivated by, you know, stealing money. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you think about Anonymous, who's been kind of strangely quiet lately. You think about a lot of these hackers who have sort of devoted themselves to making the world a better place. Uh, you, I could see how putting out this challenge to distract them from, you know, oh, I don't know, uh, releasing, finding, obtaining and releasing documents about Epstein or, uh, you know, any of the other important things going on in the world. Uh, distracting them with a challenge to get $700 million instead yeah. of, you know, revealing the truth. That would be an interesting little psyop. O or conversely, you know, if somebody's worried about, for instance, hacking the American elections, it's like, no, 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 don't worry, hackers. Don't worry about <laughs> the elections. Just go after this Bitcoin wallet. That's that's what you need. It's like some bait or something. Right. That's a good, that is a really good point. Yeah. yeah it has definitely point, changed the, the temperament of hackers. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, you know, there was always that edge to hackers. And of course, if you're able, now that we have, you know, magic internet money, yeah. uh, of course their attention is going to go there, especially when <laughs> there's a $700 million reward there. Uh, but yeah, you know, with quantum computers, somebody was asking about like, Hey, wouldn't quantum superiority, uh, make the whole blockchain, uh, you know, kind of moot. And, you know, this, this phrase quantum superiority that Google came out with, that was a lot of marketing. Like, yeah, they did achieve this thing with uh, a particular equation. Um, but it's not really, you know, it's a quantum superiority is very, I don't know, linguistically yeah. sort of uh, uh, pumping PR themselves. The it's PR. Part. Yeah. It's not yeah. really, and plus with, with what China's doing with uh, exchange and encryption key, I mean, that's like with using quantum entanglement, that's pretty gnarly. You know, that's basically telepathic or not telepathic teleportation right there. Yeah. In oh, so many and tele telepathy. I well, mean, that's true, for yeah. those who uh, aren't familiar, uh, quantum entanglement is where 
uh, two particles will be in sync over, you know, infinite distance. distance. Yeah. yeah. And so if you are able to harness the power of these two particles being in sync, uh, you can uh, manipulate one of them and it will manipulate the other one. Uh, simultaneously. In yeah. yeah it, it instantaneously with no lag. And in theory, you could do this over an infinity distance. Uh, but uh They've done it over a thousand miles, which is pretty impressive for such a such a uh, complicated thing for us little humans to be figuring out. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Anything else on that? That's it. Just keep your okay. eye on the quantum computers and and uh, keep and an Bitcoin. eye on the the Silk language, which is the most recent quantum computer programming language. Oh, there and, you go, uh, kids. There's yeah. your career focus. Career Silk. Path. Silk. S I L Q. And uh, I think they're going to find interesting ways. It's really like a, a cat and mouse thing, you know. They're, who's going to yeah. who's going to really get there first? Because if good guys crack, you know, a type of quantum encryption first, then you know something like Bitcoin can update it and keep yeah. up with the updates. But if a bad person gets it, then all bets then are we're off. all done. But all it's not just Bitcoin. It's, but it's not just Bitcoin, though. You know what I mean? Like yeah, encryption for everything. Bitcoin. Any, it's it's your everything. It's, it's everything. If they your can emails, crack, everything. <laughs> yeah. If they can crack into a Bitcoin account, they can crack into literally anything. Yep. Um. So let's see here. I want to. You know, we didn't talk about this, but somebody asked it in the chat, and I think it's about time we just mention it on the show. Uh-huh. Um. Uh, regarding Twitch partnership. Oh, okay. You want to, is that fine with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can just okay. uh, put this, this yeah, last so article aside. As you know, I'm sorry. What'd you say? I was saying we can put the last article to the side too, because it's not a huge oh, it's story. It's not that important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can just say it real quick. Chinese nuclear power. Yeah. Kind of important, but go ahead. Go ahead. Talk yeah. about so, the, the partnership. Uh, regarding the Twitch partnership, we, uh, for a long time, for months and months, we've been pushing uh, for Twitch followers specifically because we wanted to make partner on Twitch, which allows us to monetize and do all sorts of fun stuff. We, we actually did hit the required amount of viewership to become partner, and our application is sitting in front of me. Uh, but as everybody must do, I went into the fine print of the agreement to become a partner on Twitch and there's an exclusivity clause, which means technically we could not stream anywhere else. Um, and we we are just not ready to commit to that exclusivity clause, uh, which just kind of goes against our whole thing. Now, if YouTube continues to shut us off uh, and <laughs> divert viewers and everything, if if YouTube stops being a, a viable option for us, then that would take away one of the obstacles to committing to a, an exclusivity contract with uh, Twitch. Um, but at this very moment, we are not ready to do that. Who knows? Uh, what what will happen in the future that may change um, but as of now we are not currently pursuing partnership with twitch um, because of that mainly uh, just to answer everybody's questions we've had a few questions about that um, so there you go as of now not planning on partnering with twitch um, but uh, we'll keep you guys posted if that changes 
Anything Sweet. to add to that? I think that's a simple way to put it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's just um, do this real quick. Oh, yeah. Real more. quick. China's, uh, this is from Bloomberg.com. China's nuclear buildup changes balance of power. Some Chinese news, Gons. Welcome to Chinese news. That's right. It wouldn't be a new Cold War without an accelerating nuclear arms race. The Pentagon reported last week that China is undertaking a significant nuclear buildup, which will double the size of its arsenal by 2030. That development isn't surprising given China's strategic situation, but it's still distinctly challenging for the U.S. because it compounds the worsening military situation in the Western Pacific. Since its first nuclear test in 1964, Beijing has possessed a relatively modest deterrent an arsenal numbering first in the dozens and now in the low 200s of warheads. China is now rapidly expanding that deterrent, building more and better intercontinental ballistic missiles that will improve its ability to hit targets in the U.S. It is developing a more robust triad, a combination of long-range bombers, ballistic missile submarines, and land-based missiles that will make its nuclear capabilities more survivable against any potential attack. The Defense Department projects that in addition to doubling of China's nuclear warhead stockpiles over a decade, the number of warheads that can strike the U.S. will grow roughly 200 by 2025. The People's Liberation Army is also improving the readiness of its nuclear forces by developing a launch-on-warning capability, a posture in which Beijing would respond to an incoming nuclear attack with a retaliatory strike before enemy warheads hit their targets. In one sense, it's not shocking that a country involved in a deepening rivalry with the U.S., which has about 1,400 deployed nuclear warheads, would improve its nuclear capabilities as its power grows. The more challenging question is how much and in what ways the Chinese buildup matters. One one interpretation is that it doesn't. Even with 400-plus warheads, China will be far short of nuclear parity with the U.S., Beijing has retained its long-standing, if ambiguous, no-first-use policy, and it seems highly unlikely that China would use nuclear weapons in an unprovoked attack. Indeed, the scholars Fiona Cunningham and M. Taylor Fravel have argued that China remains very hesitant to employ nuclear weapons in most conflicts for fear that any nuclear war could spin out of control. From this perspective, the Chinese buildup might be a strategic nothing burger. (laughs) Yet, this interpretation raises the obvious question of why the Chinese would engage in a pointless buildup. A second interpretation holds that the buildup is strategically meaningful, but in a good way. Nuclear strategists have long warned that it can be dangerous for both sides when one actor fears that its nuclear forces are vulnerable to disarming first strike. In a crisis, an uh, insecure nuclear power might feel pressure to use uh, or lose its arsenal to fire off its warheads before they are wiped out by an enemy strike. For this reason, Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara actually worried about the vulnerability of Soviet ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles, during the 1960s. This hypothesis is somewhat plausible given concerns that the U.S. conventional strikes on Chinese command and control assets could accidentally make Beijing fear losing contact with its nuclear forces. The trouble is that nuclear stability can paradoxically be destabilizing now there's about five more uh paragraphs in here but that basically sums it up anything to add to that guns uh i think i'm I'm hoping when they mentioned the triad that they were 
trying to be clever by referencing the uh, the Chinese organized crime syndicate, the Triad. You know about the Triad? <laughs> yes, yes. So it might be. I mean, it probably does. I mean, I, at first I was like, nah, probably not. But then he used nothing burger in the article. So I was like, oh, maybe <laughs> maybe he was. Maybe he was trying to be clever with his words. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, th- this is one of those issues where, man, like there's so much... <laughs> there's so many people that think there are no nukes or that, you know, it's just kind of like a, it's become one of those war tactics that we may never see one go off ever again, truly. But it's, it's just like, Oh, look at, look at all my guns. And then China saying like, like, Hey, look at all my guns, you know? And so it's a, yeah. Old two box in uh, the chat says nukes are like a hundred years old. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is old news. We went from quantum computers to, to nukes, which is I'm sure is kind of boring. Maybe, maybe the quantum computers can disarm all the nukes too. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. See, good, good oh quantum gosh. computer. I'm surprised how many people are triggered by the way I pronounce nuclear. Uh, nuclear. 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 Yeah. nuclear. Sorry, folks talking about nuclears. I got, I went to the, uh, the George Bush Jr. Uh, school of pronunciation. Yeah, they're throwing shoes at your head. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, that's it. That's all I got. What I do you find, got? If I find one, shame, shame on you. Sh- shame on me. You know what I'm talking Mission about? Accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> Again, talk Bush about hundred year old references. <laughs> that's um. not hundred years old. <laughs> it's old, but not that old. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Remember us. We'll be back on Friday. That's right. September 11th is a show day this year. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It'll probably just be a normal show, but I don't know. Maybe we'll catch up on some 9-11 theories. Who knows? Um, But, uh, you know, if you're looking for something to do on 9-11, you can catch us here wherever you're watching. I was uh, I was mentioning to Basil before the show that we can uh, put the the two towers getting hit on loop, but oh, but now that I'm I'm thinking about it, since you know we're all about thinking outside the cage and like reversing all the psyop taking place, uh-huh, maybe uh-huh. we play it on loop but backwards, you know, like the planes uh, coming out, wow. uh, reversing the footage. So we you know, but then we just run it on a loop on the background for everyone to de psyop. <laughs> I am uncomfortable, Gons, but I don't know. Maybe it needs to be done. I think we need to focus on World Trade Center 7. Oh, okay. Uh, not enough people talking about WTC 7. Okay. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. So there you go. Catch us on September 11th. This Friday, we'll be back online somewhere probably cl- maybe close to 1 o'clock. Sometime between noon and 3. We'll be going live again, folks. So uh, turn on notification. Make sure you... Uh, Make sure you pop in here. It's going to be a good show. <laughs> and remember us, producers, you can be a producer for the 9-11 show. My goodness, oh, yeah. what a special occasion. Yeah. Maybe there will be some like special 9-11 uh, uh, support coming. We'll see. $9.11 or, if you're awesome, 911, 911 bitcoins. Dollars. 911 bitcoins. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh, that's only, uh, it's only $9 million. Yeah, thank you, Menace Sensei in the chat. Stop cyberbullying Basil. Yeah, please. <laughs> Calling Not out cool your guys. age. Yeah. 
Um, Okie dokie. There you go. So remember us. Uh, you can head to patreon.com slash CCNT or go to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. There we go. Thank you very much. And remember, if supporting the show financially is not in the cards for you, you can create art, you can create jingles, and you can create songs. We've got some great songs going to play on the Canary Cry mixtape at the end of the show here, so don't go anywhere. But remember, you can also support the show by leaving ratings and reviews. Very important to do that. If you have not done it, please uh, just Google Canary Cry News Talk Apple Podcasts. And you can leave a review there. Uh, tell the iTunes robots to suggest the show to people. Very important part of the ecosystem. Uh, or you can just send a show. You got friends. You got family. They're all starting to wake up realizing the world is not what it seems. If they need a little help, send them a show. Just send them an episode that you like. And if you need any more instructions, here's what you do. You walk right up to them. You grab them by the cage. And then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. Shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that! Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't, ask Noah. That's right, to Sash Noah. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Make sure to tune in next time, but until then, think outside the cage. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati.